hello and welcome back to the podcast and thanks for listening. Be sure to follow me on all of my social media accounts on Instagram at Bloodborne1, Facebook.com slash Bloodborne1, on Twitter at Bloodborne, YouTube.com slash Bloodborne, and most importantly on Twitch at Twitch.tv slash Bloodborne. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Echoes in the Dark. This is Bloodborne, and this past week, we had a producer's letter from the Lord of the Rings Online. So, guess what we're going to do today? We're going to talk about it. All right, so I'm going to talk about each one of the points on there and uh, a couple things that were omitted, and we're just going to kind of get right into it here. Okay, so uh, if you're not familiar with what a producer's letter is, a producer's letter typically is an outline for at least the year if not a little bit further uh for whatever the game is in this case lord of the rings online uh we get a letter from severlin who is the executive producer outlining uh what is to be expected from this year now i will say that there are some things in the producer's letter that i'm excited for there are things there are things that are in the producer's letter that are kind of huh and there are some things in there that are i don't know and then there are things that are just not in there at all. That should be. Okay. So first and foremost, um, we've got the story. Um, basically, we are um, expanding on the Black Book of Mordor. And uh, it's leading up to the next expansion, which it sounds like the next expansion is going to feature Minas Morgul and dealing with Shelob and all of that good stuff that we've been waiting for for a couple years. It sounded like a couple years ago we were going to be going to those places and then things shifted and then we left Mordor and went really, really far north. And now we're coming back down there and we're kind of, uh, if we're, we're talking about doing the Vale of Anduin, which is north of um, Lothlorien and outside of, on the, on the eastern side of the Misty Mountains. So we're, we're kind of pushing up towards Gundabad and we're pushing west towards Gundabad. So I, I can't help but think that at some point in a, in a future update, we're going to be dealing with you know a lot of orcs and stuff like that uh, in Gundabad, which would be pretty cool. I think uh, there's a lot to be done in that area. But for the most part with the story, we're just looking at the Black Book of Mordor that is being expanded uh, into the next expansion, uh, going into the Vales of Anduin. Uh, and then, you know, they said they were going to explore the history, important events, and secrets of that area. 
Um, as the year continues, we will unveil more Tales of the Veil <laughs> and then follow the story back into Mordor to Minas Morgul itself. Okay, that's cool. Uh, that story sounds like it could be pretty good. So we'll see. I have to just see how that goes. Now, that one is kind of a, just a, a flat for me. Like that one's just like, that's par for the course. That's to be expected. The next one on the list here is one that I have to, I have to look at. And I, I don't know exactly where they're going with this one. I have some ideas of what I would like it to be and what it would look like for me as a player. And having played other games, I know what I would want it to be. Um, so this, the second one here is challenge. And it is to continue the balance of challenge with the game. The question of game difficulty has split our players with the expression uh, or with them expressing concern over the difficulty in Mordor and others loving the increased challenge. Um, Mordor was a pain in the ass. Uh, it was, I think the pendulum swung a little too far the other direction. Now me, when Mordor came out, I had really good gear. I was, I was very well geared and on my champion and I'm running around like, I don't see what the big deal is. And then I played a different class that wasn't as well geared. Uh, that was not like raid ready or anything like that. And it was a pain in the ass. Um, it was not very alt friendly. It was not really fun to run through on another character. Uh, when they made the balance pass on it, uh, maybe about a year ago now, maybe a little less than that. Uh, it kind of leveled it out and it made it tolerable. Um, it's definitely one of the more challenging landscape zones in the game and uh while i do appreciate difficulty on landscape because i don't like just face rolling my way through content uh i think it, it was a little bit too far on the the side of difficulty um so what they're looking at doing is making the main storyline and the uh landscape pretty much on par with the rest of it and then um rather than increasing that at all and so like the landscape and the normal instances aren't going to see the difficulty that they had in mordor so that should be a little bit more appealing to a lot of players um and please don't take this term as the, as an offensive derogatory term that so many people do but uh as a casual player i do not mean that in the negative sense that so many people do I mean that in the sense of you don't have as much time to play and you don't really care about min-maxing your character and stuff like that. That's what I mean by it. I don't mean it as that you're a lesser person because you're a trash player that clicks your skills. I just described myself. So there you go. Um, on, the, on the flip side of it, what they're doing for the people that are eager for that challenge or want things to be more difficult uh this one actually took me by surprise they're actually going to be looking at bringing in more tiers of difficulty so tier four tier five or even higher now this is the thing i was talking about that i said i have an idea of what this would look like for me as a player mainly because i've played world of warcraft this sounds like an opportunity to do something like the mythic dungeons where you can just keep increasing the tier and these multipliers and variables will, will keep kicking up. And it was kind of the original idea of skirmishes. If you think you, know, you had 
tier one, tier two, and tier three, and you had solo, duo, three man, six man, twelve man. You had all these variations, and then it never really got harder. It never really progressed. So this is an opportunity for that to happen. Um, so players can test their skill with these higher instance tiers and earn increased rewards. We want some solo three, six, and 12 character content to have extra tiers of difficulty, tier four, tier five, or even higher. This will allow players looking for more challenge to opt into it while allowing players who are not interested in more difficult uh, play to go through the story and not be enforced to engage in that type of play. Perfect. That's perfect. Uh, you are giving the really two big chunks of player bases what they want as far as a, a difficulty. There you go. Now, what's really going to be important that the gear distribution, the loot distribution be done as well for this, because if it's not done correctly and you're still giving uh, the book and landscape, if you're still giving that good gear, I still am of the, of the belief that if you are not doing these difficult instances like this, you don't need that gear. Why do you have it? Is it so you can do landscape content faster? No, it's like the, the better gear is required for harder content to complete. So that's where that gear needs to come from. You need to, this is a perfect thing. If you've ever done a mythic dungeon before in World of Warcraft, you know what I'm talking about, where the item level that drops for you in an M0 gets you to the point and then you get your keystone for an m3 we'll say a mythic plus three and then when you complete that plus three well then you get a higher item level piece of gear and then there's that weekly um chest that will give you a piece of gear equivalent to the highest tier that you completed for the week that is an awesome system i love it i would absolutely be enthralled if this was the the case that Lotro adopted. Uh, it sounds like a, just from the outside looking in at what was presented, I think at face value, it's going to be a little bit different than that, but hopefully it's something similar. Uh, the next one up on the list is something that's been talked about. There's not a whole lot written about it is the 64-bit client. Uh, now, I know a lot of people think this is going to be you know, the silver bullet for this game that it's just going to fix all the problems with the with the architecture of the game and the engine and everything is going to be fixed by this. And I that could not be more further from the truth. Um, the fact of the matter is it's a new client. It's the same engine. And this is going to have its own issues. Uh, as optimistic and excited as I am for this client, because I will be able to take full advantage of it. Uh, for me, it, it comes with a bit of skepticism. And honestly, if it just helps to reduce the crashing for me, I'm, I'm okay with that. If it doesn't do anything else, that's okay by me. Um, what's written here is that they're updating their codes so that the environments uh, can make better use of graphics memory which myself, I use a 1080 Ti, so I have 11 gigs of VRAM in the machine. Uh, so anything that can use that VRAM is gonna be great. That's gonna be very helpful. Uh, it's gonna allow the client to overcome some of the restrictions on how the worlds load, the textures load, and how much we're able to use modern graphics cards. Hope to be 
uh, have the client in beta as early March. I can tell you the second that damn thing is available, it is going on my machine and I will probably never look back from it, even if it has its own issues. Um, but again, this is not going to be a silver bullet that's going to take care of every problem you have mechanically with the game. Not going to do it. And again, you got to be cautious because uh, if it's different code, it's going to have its own set of issues. So just keep that in mind. Um, be, be willing to accept that there's going to be things that you might need to provide feedback on uh, if you're trying out the 64-bit client when it comes out, hopefully in March. Uh, the next thing on here is, is class balance. Uh, class balance is always... Oh, that's, that's a, oh, that's just a, a void. <laughs> you drop in there, you're just never coming out. Class balance is something that they're working on. Um, and kind of paraphrasing and reading almost directly from here, it's uh, with recent changes to the minstrel and update to the burglar is on the way. Uh, many classes will have received their initial balance pa pass. Um, but they want to continue the work on balance updates, bug fixes, and tweaks throughout the year. Uh, looks like the Runekeeper and the Captain are on deck next, which with the most recent change to the Runekeeper, I having run, uh, so with Misadventures tonight, we actually ran uh, Dome of the Stars Tier 1. And we had, we only had five people in the group, but again, it was Tier 1. And, you know, I, I got hit by two mobs at the same time for 63 k a pop um can't heal through that that was just one i got one shot and that's that's fine shit happens but you know the changes to fates entwined uh, there was no need for that um it really was it was a design of the class to have the damage absorption like that uh, dropping it from 60% down to 20%, reducing the radius to seven meters, uh, and uh, I believe decreasing the the duration while increasing the cooldown. Like, you just completely destroyed that skill. Um, like, it's, it's barely usable. It's almost just a, a self skill at that point. It's not really for healing the, or helping the group, I should say. But, um... You know, they're looking at uh, doing several small changes uh, to several classes at a time rather than implementing one large number of changes for a single class. So if, you've, if you're a veteran of Lord of the Rings Online, you'll know way back in the day, they used to do a month of the. So like they did a month of the burglar. And sure, the burglar gets all these nice updates and everybody wants to play a burglar then. And then it shifts the balance of the game. So I, I do appreciate and like the approach of going to many small changes to a lot of classes um, to help kind of level set. And maybe something that you're changing on the minstrel is going to affect how the champion does something. And maybe a change on the guardian will affect how a lore master does something. Um, and maybe it'll be a little bit more cohesive of a change rather than this abrupt thing that just happened. Uh, I'm hoping that that is more of the outcome. So one can only hope, right? Um, so that's a, that's a, for class balance. Uh, the next couple are kind of... Uh, eh, mm, eh. So you got crafting. Um, 
they're looking to they said one of the goals with the expansion so this isn't something that'll come out very soon this would probably be a, a fall update typically updates come out in, later in the year that are expansions i don't think we've ever had a like a, a true summer one usually they're like september october november is when we've had these guys uh but they're to add a robust update to crafting so players can make better use of the system at higher levels now this is intriguing still because crafting right now is kind of pointless you can kind of make some some classes or some crafts are more relevant than others some are just completely useless um uh although the system they even say they acknowledge here that the uh, system has been updated as players have leveled uh but the crafting changes just aren't haven't kept up with that so they want to make things more significant um uh, we want players to have ways of interacting with the crafting system that they play through the content without making crafting a requirement to play the story so trying to balance out crafting um really i i think some of the more successful games out there really have good crafting systems because uh while people may not want to craft um having very strong powerful items that come from crafting really makes the uh the ecosystem within the game better in my opinion because you know if your rng sucks like some people does then maybe you can buy the item from somebody or you have somebody in your kinship that is willing to make it for you if your rng sucks or you can buy it from them, or whatever the case is um you're less you're less reliant on the game giving you something for completing something at that point you're you're in control a little bit more which i think a lot of players genuinely like being a little bit more in control they like less of the randomness um but then on the flip side there is something to be said for chasing a rare item or something like that so um hopefully this will kind of balance that out a little bit because right now like i said crafting is just i don't think it's in a very good place it's not really relevant i mean i logged on to a couple characters and i didn't even realize that i had done all of the iron fold stuff on it and i looked and i was like oh i can make some stuff yeah what i have on better anyway okay never mind so and I don't think that should be the 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 way about it. And crafting essences that that doesn't really validate crafting for me. Um, you know, crafting legendary weapons is only relevant for about ten minutes, and then you have your legendary and you move on. So, uh, seeing an update to crafting with itemization and stuff like that, hopefully that will do a little bit better. Uh, the next one, I was kind of scratching my head a little bit. Um, there's a good thing on it, and then there's kind of a, huh? Um, and they're talking about virtues. So uh, they're looking to update the virtue system to make it so that um, rather than having deeds reward virtue points directly, you'll actually um, select the ones that you want to level up. So it's a good thing, but for somebody who's completed everything on the champion, I, I don't need that. Uh, you know, if I want to play an alt with any seriousness, that'll be good. Um, but also, like, all the deeds that have already been completed, I, I feel like the, the backlog of XP for virtues would be kind of messed up. Like, I could have spent, rather than leveling these particular ones that I didn't want, or I got these ones by 
and by virtue of doing them i didn't want those i would have rather put the xp from those into the ones that i have slotted so you kind of get where i'm going with that um on the the flip side uh so you're able you're able to select the virtues that you want and then uh those will gain experience the intriguing part of this update for me is that um all virtues will provide a small passive benefit to your character even if it's not slotted so now someone like myself i have ranked 20 in everything somebody is supposed to get a bonus from all of that now that's very interesting because um i i don't know what that's going to do to the math of a character if you will um we'll have to really see there's not enough information on that you know because is that a, a stat based uh benefit is it a uh yeah i i don't know i don't know what's going to be so we'll keep an eye on that one and kind of see what happens with it uh next one the next two on here um then we have three more to talk about and then we'll wrap up um the next one is actually a really good one i'm excited for it is an update to kinships and i know there's a lot of people that have just been screaming for this over the years and i believe there's a, a a forum post written many years ago by i think it was galohad i'm not that might be wrong on that but i'm pretty sure it was galohad um and it was the most well-written uh most thoughtful and given examples of what it should look like posts on the forums that i have ever seen by any person any player in any game um it was so many pages long but every detail was you know thoughtfully considered and and well presented so if if galohead ever hears this uh props to you for that i don't even know if you're still playing the game but that was the most well-written post i've ever seen um it looks like they're gonna pull a couple things from that um so they're looking for more ways for kinships to advance the new rewards for kin uh new rewards for kins to earn as a group we like the idea of small and large kins advancing earning cosmetic rewards for their housing and allow kin leaders to occasionally activate buffs that benefit the entire kinship activating these buffs should cost less for smaller guilds without compromising the value of maintaining large guilds if that is what the players prefer so um what i'm hearing is incentive to be in a kin plain and simple and that's fantastic because right now a kinship is really just a fancy friends list that you can go to a house and you know i i really hope we can convince somebody over there to reevaluate while they're making a kinship update to reevaluate the kinship bank the kinship vault um i really think the one that is in i i like to draw from world of warcraft because i think they get a lot of things right uh if we could have a vault that is similar to that with permissions based on on rank rather than just yes you can use it or no you cannot um and see who's contributing and who put stuff in and all that stuff like those type of things I, it would be a big update but i think that would be a really good thing uh, but actually just seeing the, the buffs and whatnot, uh, that's all very intriguing. I'm very excited to see the update for kinships. I think that'll be a really good thing for the game. Now, this next one, I'm actually, uh, 
I, I, I don't even know how to put it into words. I'm just like hopelessly optimistic about this one because I think it's uh, something that's needed to happen for many years. And that's uh, grouping. Uh, what they're saying here is we want to provide a new instance grouping feature that resembles the existing quest grouping tab on the social panel. This feature will allow you to add up to five instances with class and level requirements uh, and other and possibly others. Our goal is to reduce the grouping functionality or to replace the grouping functionality of the instance finder and lessen the need to send frequent LFF chat requests. Thank you. Thank you. Because ideally what I should be able to do is go into this tab and see who's got groups open. And if they're running something that I want to run, I click on it and I hit, you know, request invite or something like that. It'll send an invitation request to the group leader, just like uh, it does currently. If you're looking at like a, any other group, you know, you send a request and then you're good. If you meet the requirements for it, you can see who it is, what level they are, what class they are, all that good stuff. Uh, this, this should be a great tool for getting stuff done in the game as far as, uh, instances. Uh, I'm really excited for up to, up this particular update. Um, very excited to see how quickly this rolls out. I hope it's sooner rather than later, considering if they're going to model it off of the, uh, quest grouping tab, a lot of that tech already is there. So you should be able to roll it out fairly quickly, I would imagine. Um, and the last one is just the legendary server. Uh, we know that Mori is coming out in, in probably a week or two. Um, uh, wait, it's the 25th. So yeah, probably two weeks. And uh, they're just talking about updating the legend ser uh, legendary server continually through the rest of the year. Um, so if it's any indication with March being when Moria comes out, we should see July is when Merkwood's going to roll out. Um, and, and then probably again in November being, um, when Isengard rolls out. So if they're sticking to the every four months, my concern with that is that if, if Moria is only 10 levels and even having all the dungeons and raids, so having the 16th hall, uh, dark delving, Filgashan, forges of cause of doom, uh, Forgotten Treasury, Grand Stare, Skoomfil, Nala Doom, Lumulnar, Darnarbagud, Philokul, Viomal, uh, having all that stuff available at one time, it just means it's going to get done very, very quickly. You know, we had people on the legendary server that were level capped in a couple days. Some people were actually less than 24 hours. And so only going 10 levels, I, I would almost want that because you can you can get through moria on a, on live server uh and not do the whole thing and, and be through your levels very quickly so i would really hope that that story debuff that they give you is a little bit harsher on moria to force it to take a little bit longer to to level uh and i know people are going to disagree with that but the whole point of the legendary server is to revisit and relive this stuff not to blow through it and be, oh, I, we were the first ones to beat the Watcher. It's like, who gives a shit? People beat the Watcher, you know, uh, was that 2008? So is when it launched. So probably mm, at the very earliest, the end of 2008, the very 
latest would have been very early 2009. So 10 years ago, no one gives a shit if you beat it first on the legendary server. Uh, the, the way the classes are built now, the way the game is structured, you don't need a full group to go in there to kill it because it's not tier two. It doesn't have all the extra bonuses for tier two stuff. So it's not as hard as it was. Even if you're level capped at 60 and you've got the gear at that point, it's not as difficult just flat out and you guys know that uh so it's just not as it's not as impressive as a feat as it was back when it was live and people were learning it because that's the other thing is people already know the fight people know it they've done it a million times um so it and that's just not the intent of this server the intent of this server again is to relive it and uh enjoy the nostalgia so there's that so that really covers the producer's letter. Uh, and that's pretty much all we're going to talk about on this podcast uh, this this week is um, as a whole, I, I kind of said this on stream, I give this probably like a C plus B minus, uh, mainly because the there's one glaring thing that was left out of this particular letter that I think a lot of people... Well, there's two really big things that were left out that people were kind of taken aback by that were not in it. One were the legendary items and what the future is going to hold for that. And the other one's PVP. Now I know people just rolled their eyes at me and saying like blood PVPs like don't even mention PVP because PVP is PVP. Um, I'm just going to say it game's 12 years old, either fix it or get rid of it. There, I said it. Fix it or get rid of it. Uh, it's really in a shitty spot. It's really, really broken. Uh, audacity needs to go away. There needs to be no essences out there. There needs to be no legendary items out there. Just strictly itemized loot for PvP purposes only. I know you can put a strict rule set on out there because of how fervor used to work out there. Basically you would uh if you were in pve on a champion and you were running in fervor you used to get a minus 30 percent incoming healing debuff in fervor when you would go out to the etnmores that skill would change um and it would lose the minus 30 so you were just normal in fervor and you got the ability to you can't use your war steed out there um there's certain perks and bonuses and, and things that change when you're in that zone. So I know it could be a thing um, that when you go out there, certain items are not able to be used. Now, I think that would be a very smart thing from the balance perspective to handle the moors in a more efficient way that would be a little bit more lenient on the development team of not having to worry about well, we just updated these essences and now that's just got all the creeps crying because of this. And well, now we just buffed up all the creeps to handle this. And well, that's going to upset all the, the freeps because they have to level up all this other shit now. So, you know what? Take those, take those factors out of there. Plain and simple. Get rid of that stuff out there. And I know I've said this a hundred times is just make it simple. You know, it's... It'll be more enjoyable if you don't have to worry about that stuff. It should be about the combat and not, you know, the, oh, I need to go do all my dailies so I can get 
all my PVE daily so I can get this essence that's going to matter. Or now that this uh, Ill Omens skirmish thing is available till next March. Oh, not next. Jeez. Uh, like two weeks from now. Sorry. Um, till the 11th or whatever it is. And you can get that gold essence. You know, th there's things like that. I know it's one essence, but, you know, just... If I go out there right now, I'm running at 200% damage on my champion and 28% uh, crit and 35% finesse. Like, yeah, I don't have a whole lot of mitigations, but if I have a healer with me, I'm going to do some damage. And it's going to be great. And I'm not going to run in any audacity. I might, but it's it, it's just out of whack out there. So, um, But the other part with the other part that was omitted from the letter was the whole thing about uh, the legendaries and what are you going to do to address them going forward? Um, I know they've heard the feedback that the... Come on, there's 79 tiers at this point. I logged on to my captain to see what I was going to do. And just for his damage um, sword and emblem, I need 430 scrolls of empowerment to get caught up. It's too much. The fact that the essence, or I'm sorry, um, the fact that the scrolls of empowerment were removed from a lot of the content, uh, people are doing Minas Tirith dailies to do that stuff, to get scrolls of empowerment. If you run the featured instance, I got one. Okay, we've got a problem here. You need to address it. And... Uh, this is supposed to be not a hardcore grindy game, and yet it has become a hardcore grindy game because you have to do the most asinine shit to get Scrolls of Empowerment to make your tune the best it can be. Uh, and it's just, it's ridiculous at this point. Um, I, I don't think you're going to come up with a good enough system to replace it without getting rid of it completely. Um, and that's just my opinion on it. I think I've said it on multiple episodes of this. They've had their time in the sun. It's time for them to go away. Minas Morgul is the perfect opportunity to do it. Write it into the Black Book of Mordor that, you know, uh, you have to do this thing to, you know, break the seal on Minas Morgul. You have to actually use your legendary item to break it. And then you go into a new itemized loot, um, or something like that. I don't know. But the, the multipliers and shit are out there just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, 79 tiers per. It's, it's not an alt-friendly system at all. And this game has become increasingly less alt-friendly over the time. I used to play every single one of my classes on a regular basis. I don't touch them now. I just play the champion. Like I said, I looked at the captain and it was just like, ugh. I played him for about four hours and I was like, you know what? I don't know if I want to, I don't have the time to make this guy as good as he can be. So I'm just going to stick with running the champ. And if people don't want to take the champ, then I'll just play something else. So that's kind of where I'm at. So those are all the things that were in the letter and the two big things, in my opinion, that were left out of the letter. So, um, I know you guys are, are definitely leaving feedback on the forums and on Facebook and stuff like that. Uh, I'd just be kind of curious. We, we talked about it a little bit on the stream. I would like to hear what you guys have to say about it. Um, shoot me an email, bloodbornemmo at gmail.com. Hit me up on Twitter. Send me a DM. 
Uh, any of that stuff's cool. I'm down for it. And then, um, yeah. Just a reminder that we have updated the stream schedule. It is uh, Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday at 10 p.m. Eastern time. So I hope you guys can make it out there. Uh, just remember, even if you're in the channel and you're, uh, you can't give it your full attention, I still appreciate it. You know, you still count. It's very important to me that people are out there and enjoying the content, um, and providing any feedback, feedback that you have for me. That is, that goes a long way for me. Uh, so make sure you're on the social media stuff as well. So at Bloodborne on Twitter, uh, Bloodborne one on Facebook and, uh, Bloodborne one on Instagram. So you can hit all those guys up as well. And then uh, make sure that you are subscribed to all of them, including Twitch. we got some new emotes that are coming out this week, hopefully uh, based on approval. Um, so if you are a current subscriber to me on Twitch, um, you have the shield and then you'll have another one coming out uh, whenever it gets approved. And then if you're not subscribed on Twitch, make sure you go over there and hit that subscribe button. If you have Amazon Prime, uh, you have Twitch Prime, so you can do that for free. And then you can get your emotes in the chat, get your and all your good stuff that way. So uh, I want to thank you all again for listening. It's always my pleasure to uh, talk about things with gaming, with Lotro, and really just anything else that is on my mind. So hope to see you guys in the live stream. And I will be back next week with something new. All right. Take care, everybody, and we'll see you next time.